So tonight, I'm just going to be sharing a one-part message called Our Potential. And um, potential is an awesome thing. I love seeing potential in people. Um, I've, I've been coaching a lot lately. I'm, I'm definitely becoming a better coach than I am an athlete at this point in my life. And so I've been coaching a lot. I've been coaching. You can actually hear my voice is a little scratchy tonight. It's because last night I coached my, my daughter Bryn's basketball game. And then this afternoon I coached another one. So I don't have much of a voice here tonight. But I love seeing those kids who have potential. I coach my son's baseball teams. And um, I love, like, the first practice you see those kids who are really good. And they're just awesome off the bat. And that's like, oh, cool. This kid's going to be great. But, but there's something I love more than just seeing a great kid when I'm coaching. My favorite thing about coaching is winning. No, 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 that's not, that's not true, no. No, my favorite thing about coaching is actually, like, really winning, like slaughtering the other. No, 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 no. My favorite thing is seeing those kids who aren't that good but have the potential to be good. And um, I can think of these two kids, Chris and Nino, on Cade's baseball team last year. And the first practice, I got by Chris. I said, all right, Chris, throw the ball to your buddy over there. I want to see how you throw. And the ball went that way. I don't know how that happened. He, like, defied the laws of physics. I'm like, all right, buddy, not so much that way. Let's focus our energy this way. And by the end of the season, Chris was thrown in a straight line. Yes, potential. That's a win right there. Then there is Nino, though. Nino is legit. First practice, he gets up at the plate, right? And Nino would get up there, and he was a little kid, but, but his stance made you think, don't mess with Nino. And he would have the bat in his backhand, and he would just sort of swirl it like this and stare down the pitcher. Pitcher's on the mound, kind of freaking out a little bit. Nino would dig in, right, be ready for the pitch. And then the pitcher would throw the ball, and it was as if the pitcher threw a flaming chainsaw at Nino. He would back out and jump away from the pitch, and it was a perfect pitch, perfect strike every single time, you know. I'm like, Nino, hang in there, hang in there. I know you're afraid of getting hit. This kid was playing the field one time, right? A, a line drive comes at him. His mom goes, duck, honey. He hits the ground. She's like, oh, thank God. I'm like, that was a double. It should have been an out, you know. So I love seeing these kids who have potential, you know. And by the end of the year, Nino got a base hit. You would have thought we won the World Series. We went nuts. We went crazy. We came running off the bench. We had Gatorade. No, we didn't have Gatorade. But we were so pumped that Nino had gotten his hit. And so I love seeing potential. And tonight I want to talk with you about our potential as a church. And this is an important thing for us to talk about. Because we're in a kind of unique time here as we have all these issues with parking. We're looking at a new building. We're actually not looking at a new one. We need a new one. We're outgrowing this space. We're excited for what God has next. But the the danger of this time in our church's history is that we could sort of just maintain instead of continuing to advance. Okay? So tonight I want to talk to you about what our potential is. And then I want to ask this question. I want to ask the question, how can you help our church reach its potential? You see, because a lot of this is what God is going to do through you. So let's talk about reaching our church's potential. It can be so easy to just sort of sit back. Um, You know, with losing so much parking out front, we can kind of feel stuck, you know, with the idea of, oh, okay, well, we could sort of just get by for now. And then when we finally get into the new building, man, then God will do some really great stuff. You know, that that can be kind of an easy attitude to have. In fact, our staff, we we were having staff meeting a few weeks ago, I guess a few months ago now, and we were just talking about, this whole building issue, and we were realizing that this current physical building is falling apart in some ways. And so we started to talk, and you know, we said, we really need to keep this building up. It's so easy to just kind of be lazy with it, because we know we're leaving eventually. And so we decided, you know what, let's not do that, though. Let's let's maintain the building well. And so one day we rented a U-Haul, and we went around the church collecting various things we just needed to throw out, 2,100 pounds of random items in the church. 2,100 pounds. It's almost more than I can bench press. Almost. That, why is that the best laugh I got all night? Seriously, right? Okay, it's 21 pounds. All right, all right, you got me. Okay. 
So we just realized, like, just like the physical building, we can sort of get into maintenance mode and just say, eh, well, we'll keep it up and running, but we're not going to advance. I think we can do that just with our attitude about the church, too. It's like, all right, you know, all right, God's going to do his thing. Let's just sort of be happy with what we have now. And then once we get the new building, we'll see God do some really great things. The reason that's dangerous is because we've noticed some things. When, when the parking was all taken away in the front of the church, which stunk, man, we, I don't know if you know this, we were like known as the church with all the cars in the front of the building. Like if you talk to anyone within a 20-mile twi- radius of this church, and you'd be trying to explain where it is, Watermill, Smith Haven Mall, Taco Bell, and you'd be like, you know that church that has all the cars? Oh, you're the, you're the church with all the cars. Everybody knew us that way, right? And so the cars are gone now. So now we're just known as the church with a great-looking pastor. So, you know, um, wow, another big laugh. Man, gosh, all right. So I'm weak and ugly. Okay, cool. So, so now we're going, okay, this is a little bit challenging. And here's what we've noticed. Since October, man, that was a big laugh. Uh, since October, when all the parking was taken, right, we've, we've noticed about 30 or 40 people have stopped coming to church. 30 or 40 less people are coming to church every Sunday since the parking was taken away. And I think we sort of just freaked out a little bit. I think some people got a little bit worried about, you know, where to park. And now we're shuttling some people from the nursing home. That's kind of a hassle. And, and I think it could just be easy to sort of feel stuck and to feel like we're in this maintenance mode. But I want us to be sure that we continue to move forward. And, and here's what I want to tell you tonight, okay? Not only can we continue to reach those 30 or 40 people that have left or have stopped showing up in a, in a, in a whole Sunday, we can reach 145 more people every Sunday than we currently are. Now, I'm going to prove that to you a little bit later, okay? But before I get there, before I go on, let me just say this, because some churches are kind of known for like, oh, they're all about numbers. They're all about numbers. All they care about is growing, okay? Here's what I want you to know. I never, ever pray that our church will grow, because I think that's kind of a selfish prayer. I think that's a prayer about me and about us. That's about our name. You know what I mean? Help us grow. Help us, you know, get big or whatever. No. The prayer we pray around here is help us reach people. Help us reach people. See, the reason I share 145 more people than we currently have is not because we want to grow and say we have 145 more people than we have. No, it's because every number is a person who needs Jesus, who needs hope, who needs, who needs peace and joy and salvation. And I don't want us to just sit back and think like, yeah, we're doing all right. We, you know, we got good attendance at all three services. No, I want us to say, okay, but man, there's so many more people that need Jesus. We've estimated that about 112,000 people drive by this church every single day. That's a lot of people who need Jesus. And so I want to just challenge us tonight with this potential. I want to challenge us to say, okay, let's not just sort of sit back, but let's stay engaged and expect that God is going to continue to do great things. And you are so much a part of that being possible. So the question is, how do we reach our potential? And the answer is this. It's God working through you. It's God working through you. That's the answer to this. And I need you tonight to sort of buy into a vision and maybe learn some things and think about some things maybe you haven't thought about recently so that we can kind of get back around this idea of being used by God even when we're in this current space, which may feel a little bit stuck. So first thing, you have to believe that the vision to reach more people is possible. That's where it has to start, right? Some of us may doubt that it's possible. Um, I, I think about this stuff a lot. Our staff, we talk about this stuff a lot. And the church growth experts out there say that when you have 70% of your room full or 70% of your parking full, people just sort of think in their head, oh, it's full. I'm not going to bother, okay? Now, I say I don't think the church growth experts have ever been to a major league baseball game or a concert. 
right? Because if you go to either of those environments, you're going to find people who are willing to park anywhere and sit smashed in a row next to anybody getting popcorn and cheese spilled all over them because they value the experience so much, right? I've gone to City Field for a Mets game. I felt like I parked in Jersey and then walked to City Field. It felt so far, but I was willing to do it because I value what happens in that stadium, especially when they're playing well, right? Some of you guys, you've been to Yankee Stadium, you've been to the MSG, you've been to the concerts. You will take a train, a subway, you'll walk 10 city blocks to get where you want to go when you know there's something valuable going on. And so I believe the same thing about this. I believe something valuable is happening here, that God's at work. He's doing something really special here. And so I don't believe that we're at 70% full or even our parking lot at like 120% full that we're in trouble. We'll just start parking down in the sump. I don't know. No, we won't do that. But, but we want to continue to reach that potential. And, and I was thinking about this. You know what I think is funny? I think it's funny that if we're talking about going to, say, like City Field or Yankee Stadium, whatever it might be, if you were to get a parking spot that's as close to City Field or Yankee Stadium as the nursing home is where we shuttle people from to this facility, you'd be like, that's the best spot I've ever gotten in my life. And if you got shuttled from your car to the stadium, you'd be Instagramming it. You'd be like, this is so legit. How come our church shuttle isn't getting Instagrammed? Like, what's going on? I'm a little disappointed here, right? But you know there's something so valuable that you're willing to go ahead and do whatever it takes, right? And so you have to believe that this vision is possible. But secondly, you have to use the gifts God has placed in you. And so this, again, leads us to our question. How can you help our church reach its potential? By using the gifts God has placed in you. Now, a couple things. First, we're going to find a secret sauce, okay, as we're looking through the scriptures tonight, okay? And I was not looking for this. This was a secret even to me. I was going through scripture, and I'm thinking, okay, cool, i got to find some verses about giftedness and how God wants to use his people and how everybody can bring something to the table. And as I was looking at the gifts that God shows us in scripture, you know what I found? I found this secret sauce, which we're going to discover together, attached to the gifts every single time. Okay, and I wasn't looking for that. And so this is this cool, extra special part that's really powerful. And the other thought I want to just throw out there, uh, throw it out there before we talk about what we can do, is just let's just celebrate again that if the Holy Spirit is not working, then none of this matters. You can get your favorite preacher up here on the stage. Our band can do a great thing. We can have incre- We can have the best building in the world. But if the Holy Spirit isn't working and changing lives, then it doesn't matter anyway. Okay, so we're going to celebrate that first. But now let's talk about what we can do. Here's a thought for you. Okay. Read this along with me. The church is at its worst when there are attenders watching contributors. The church is at its best when everyone is a contributor. That's what I want you to buy into tonight. That's what I want you to believe, that you would be a contributor, not just an attender, okay, but someone who is actively engaging, all right? Now, I want to take some pressure off you. Being a contributor doesn't mean you have to be on one of our volunteer teams. We'd love to have you on one of our volunteer teams, but that's not what this message is about. This is not trying to rope you into volunteering. This is trying to get you engaged using the things God's placed in you to make a difference so that we can reach our potential in this place. We're doing great with our volunteering. In fact, back in the summer, we had an all-staff meeting. That's when we gather all of our volunteers and team leaders and everybody together, and we have a blast. But I asked Brian Beasley, who owns the the Chick-fil-A in Comac, to come and speak at it. And uh, Chick-fil-A is a great organization, and they have some great leadership stuff. And so I said, hey, just come share some stuff. And he said, all right, I'll come, but not only will I come, I'm going to bring dinner for you all. And I was like, that's great. That's why I asked you to come in the first place. (laughs) Anyway, I was hoping you'd do that. 
So, so, so he goes, okay, cool. Well, I'll put in that order. So how many people do you have coming? I said, well, we have about 125 volunteers. And I could instantly see regret all over his face. He thought he was going to be buying dinner for like 15 people. So we're doing so well at this. You guys are a church of people who have engaged, and you are using your talents and abilities, and it's awesome. But I just want to challenge you, whether you're on a volunteer team or not, or, or whether you ever will be, that every single time you enter these doors, you should be a contributor. God wants to use you to do something, not just be an attender, okay? So the reason this is so important to talk about is because we have this space of time where we're waiting for the next thing. Right, Just so you know, you guys can be praying. Because um, over the last week, we've had several people come and check out the building. Some people are really interested. And so I don't know what that all means or how that all play out, but we could be praying over the weekend. We don't want to go anywhere far. I was actually driving past 6th Avenue Electronics today, shaking my fist at it in defiance. You've been empty for six years. Give us you. You know, like very angry, you know. So we, you know, we don't know what's next, right? Really excited about what God might do, okay? But here's the, here's the problem. In this little like waiting period, this little holding pattern that we're in, okay? We have the, the lives of our coworkers and our family members and our neighbors and the people we go to school with all kind of hanging in the balance. And I don't want us to be thinking, let's just wait till we get 6th Ave and it gives in, right? I want us to be saying, wait, no, I, right now, right now I need to be reaching my coworkers. Right now I need to be doing what I can do to help our church reach its potential. If you're not a follower of Jesus, here's what I hope you're seeing tonight. I hope you are seeing a bunch of people who want a church that has made room for you. And I hope you see a bunch of people who want you to be a part of what's going on here. Be a part of the cool things that God is doing here in this place. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few places in Scripture tonight that are going to show us how to reach our potential. We're going to look at some gifts, and I hope you find some gifts that God's placed in you. But we're also going to find the secret sauce, which is better than anything else we're going to look at here tonight. And so first, let's look at something that Peter wrote. And he wrote this to the church in Asia Minor in 1 Peter 4, verse 8. We find out the secret sauce. Here we go. We're giving it up, okay? Verse 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, Peter's about to talk about different gifts, but I love that first he talks about love. That's the secret sauce here. Now, why is that so important? It's so important because it talks about love covering over sin. Why would love be necessary to cover over sin? Because you get more than one person in a room, you start hurting each other, right? And so unfortunately, though I hate this, if you spend any amount of time in this room or with the people in this room, we're going to hurt each other at some point or another. If you've been coming to this church any length of time, somebody's probably offended you. Somebody's bothered you. Someone sat in your seat. Ooh, you don't have a seat, right? Somebody sat in your seat, right? Somebody has done something that offended you. Maybe I hurt you. Maybe I don't know what it was. But the, the, the thing is, is if we give up on church every time we get offended, we're all going to give up on church. But love covers over a multitude of sins. So we could have the most gifted people in the world in the room. We could have the most amazing facility. But if we don't love, it doesn't even matter. And so I love that as I was kind of focusing on the gifts here, and I thought it was this whole message was going to be about the gifts, God said, okay, cool, well, that's great and all, but let's hit love first, and let's hit that hard. And so love covers over this multitude of sin. That's where Peter starts. He talks about the power of love first. Then, verse 9, he gets into some giftings. He says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. What does that mean? You have the gift to make people feel at home. Use that. We desperately need that. You have the gift. You have people over your home. You love it. You do it right, man. Everybody just feels like they could hang out in your house anytime they come. 
right? So some of you guys have that absolute ability to make somebody feel like that in any environment. Use that gift. That is a beautiful gift to use to help our church reach its potential and make people feel at home and welcome. Verse 10, he says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I love that because that verse tells me that we're all in. We are all contributors. Each of you, use those, use those gifts, right? So some of you guys can preach. Some of you can teach. Some of you are musicians. Some of you guys can drive cars. Some of you guys can cook. I can't cook. You don't want me cooking, right? I can heat up a mean queso in a microwave. You need some hot cheese, I'm your man, but that's it, right? Okay, so you don't want me cooking. But two of our members, Janice and Debbie Sticklickus, they are gonna cook for the Manly Brunch. And if you've been at the Manly Brunch, you know how amazing it is that they're cooking and not me. And that's the beauty of us each using the gifts that God has placed inside of us. Then he goes on, verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. So maybe some of you here in the room, you have a teaching or preaching gift. So use those gifts. Now some of you might say, but Doug, you know, there's only one person on the stage any given time, any given Sunday, like how are we all gonna preach? It was really funny, and I wasn't even thinking about the message this morning, but I was sitting in, my front seat here during the first worship set. And I just felt God impressed on my heart that the most important message that will be preached today will not be from this stage. It'll be one of you to another of you. You see, some of you came to church tonight and you do not need to hear a message about our church reaching its potential. It's just not what you need tonight. You're broken. You're really hurting. You don't need to hear me talking about our church and, and all this stuff. What you need is someone to encourage you in God. And someone sitting around you might just be that person. Or maybe you're the person to encourage the person that so badly needs to be preached to in a little bit tonight. And so every week, we can be using our teaching and preaching gifts, whether it's up on a platform like this, or it's downstairs with some kids, or it's in a small group, or it's just one person to another person. Speak those words as the very words of God. Then it goes on. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And so, again, saying, hey, serve, do it well, do it with the grace God provides, do it with excellence, right? And so there's tons of ways to serve. Volunteer teams, I love, we got guys, you know, Jimmy and Dan and Lee and these guys driving the shuttle back and forth with joy. Some of you guys know Pete. I don't know if he's here tonight, but Pete comes, he sets up the Christmas lights, takes them down fixes the tiles and the ceiling, and he's just got a big smile on his face the whole time. I so appreciate just him using his gifts. We don't have a ceiling tile team, right? I just love that he just uses his gifts and comes in and does what needs to be done. Although a Christmas light team, that might get fun. But I love at the end of the day that God is praised. I love that all eyes are on him when we're serving. And so we love, we use the gifts of preaching, teaching, and serving, and everyone is a contributor. So I love Peter. He marries love and the gifts. Now let's look at what Paul does. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. It says this. He talks about spiritual gifts. We talked about ministry gifts. Now we're talking about spiritual gifts. It says in verse 7, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Some of you guys have a gift of wisdom. And maybe you don't even know it yet. But the Holy Spirit literally gives you wisdom that, man, you don't even know where it comes from. So suddenly there's a problem, there's a dilemma, and God gives you the ability to see through that dilemma and know what an answer is. We need that. We need that. As our church is transitioning, as we're moving, as we're getting a new building, as we're building it out, as whatever that looks like, man, 
We're going to need some incredible wisdom. Some of you guys are going to provide that. I love the next part. To another message of knowledge by means of the Spirit. What does that mean? Sometimes you just know things that only God knows. Um, And he shows you a little glimpse of that to encourage somebody with. A lot of people on our prayer team have this. Jess Lucci has this. You come up for prayer. There are so many times where she'll pray for you. And at the end of the prayer time, you're like, yo, Jess, you've been going through my emails or something? She doesn't, by the way. She's a lawyer. She probably could. I don't know. Anyway, is that legal? That's not legal. Okay, don't do that. But, But she has a spiritual gift that God uses in an incredible and powerful and awesome way. And some of you guys have this. I wanna encourage you guys, if you've never really thought about spiritual gifts, if you've never really thought about how God wants to use you in a supernatural way, man, start to pray about that. 1 Corinthians 13, the very next chapter, Paul says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So be ready to be used by God in some really, really awesome ways. Another verse here says, to another faith by the same spirit. Some of you guys have really amazing faith. You guys are the ones who come up to me after the service and you're like, Doug, Kelly's gonna be all right. Hang in there. Doug, I know you're worried about this whole building thing, but just wait to see what God is gonna do. It's gonna be so big. We so need your faith. We so need you to rally us, right? I think of those big movies, Braveheart, Gladiator, right? There's always somebody who rallies everybody back together. Everybody's ready to give up and then someone comes out with this battle cry. We need some of you guys with that gift of faith to be that battle cry for us when we're down and when we're discouraged. The next part says, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. Some of you guys have the gift of healing. You may not even know it yet. God wants to use you to pray for people who are sick and see them healed. Now, with all these gifts, unfortunately, sometimes they get misused and they get abused, and I hate that. I really hate that. I'm so sorry that that happens. But that doesn't mean we throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? We still have to trust God to show up and do the impossible. And every single time our full-time staff gets together and prays, we ask God, God, would you show up and heal people? Would you show up and touch people in a way that makes no sense physically or scientifically or medically and just do the impossible? And so we believe with all our heart God wants to continue to do these things. And some of you will be the ones he'll do it through. The next one says, to another miraculous power. Some of you guys, God wants to literally work, work miracles through. And, and who doesn't want that? Like, who of us would, would not want to pray for something impossible and then see God come through and do that? And he wants to use some of you guys in that way. To another prophecy, God reveals sometimes important details about the future through his Holy Spirit, right? And then the next one, this is sort of the one that's real tricky, and, and I'll just make some comments on this in a minute. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, This whole topic is really intense. I'd be happy to talk with you about it. I did a message all about this years ago. I'd love to give that to you if you want. But just so you know, we 100% believe with all our heart that the Holy Spirit still wants to do some amazing, incredible things. But because our vision statement at our church is to be a church that unchurched people love to attend and where Christians can grow deep in their faith, we're not the kind of church, and there's nothing wrong with this kind of church, but we're not the kind of church that has people kind of yelling out and screaming out and, you know, yelling in tongues and prophesying during service and all that kind of stuff. Um, The way we kind of see it is uh, I have a Baptist background. Our founding pastor, Pastor Ravone, has a Pentecostal background. So we kind of joke we're Baptocostals. You know, we got, we're like Pentecostals with a seatbelt on kind of deal. So, so like we believe in all that, but what we believe, and I don't mean to offend anybody if I say this, but like we don't think it has to get weird for God to move in power. Okay, so we believe with all our heart that God still does these things, but we really, really want you to always feel comfortable inviting your unsaved friends and neighbors. 
And so I know if my neighbors were here, I don't want someone screaming and yelling and rolling around on the floor. I want them to be able to kind of make sense of it all, but at the same time still experience the incredible power of God. If you like to roll around churches, that's okay. No offense at all. Enjoy that. But that's just not our vision here, okay? So we believe with all our heart in the spiritual gifts. And some of you guys, I believe all of us, I, I really do, I believe God wants to do supernatural things through all of us, okay? So we've talked about the spiritual gifts now, right? And using those spiritual gifts will help us reach our potential. But now we gotta pause for a minute because 1 Corinthians 12 is all about the spiritual gifts. Does anybody know what 1 Corinthians 13 is called? The what chapter? Anybody know? Yeah, the love chapter. I was like, there it is again. There it is again, linked right there. And actually, 1 Corinthians 14 goes back to talking about the spiritual gifts again. So right there, it's kind of like an Oreo cookie, right? You got love right there in the middle of it all again. You got spiritual gifts, love, spiritual gifts. So right there again, you have married to this idea of using our gifts, love. And Paul would even say in 1 Corinthians 13 that if you don't have love, then what does the rest matter, right? And so the biggest thing you could do to help our church reach its potential is love well. And then we use our giftedness. Okay, let's look one last place. Romans 12. Paul's still talking. He's talking to a different audience in Rome now. He says this in verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve it. If it's teaching, then teach. We kind of looked at those already in the other passages. Verse 8. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Some of you guys have the ability to lift someone's spirit that is remarkable that is amazing you have the ability to walk into a room and see someone in pain and see someone down and see someone hurting and encourage them that is so powerful don't look down on that gift we need that gift right if i were to poll a thousand pastors all a thousand of them would say that one of their main struggles in life is discouragement um you can ask joey or andrew or myself or pastor kelly like basically any night we preach a message, we all that whole night, like almost every Sunday night for me, I roll around in bed going like, why did I say that? I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I say that? That was such a good point. Why did I forget that? Or why did I make that stupid joke? Or now, and I'm worried about you. Did I offend somebody? I love these people. I don't want to hurt anybody. And I mean, all night long. As some of you guys, you're meant to encourage. Some of, some of the people in the room tonight, man, they're so beat up right now in life. We have depressed people in the room. We've got people with anxiety in the room. We've got people with all kinds of fear in the room. And you are meant to come alongside them and encourage them. Like I said, I don't think the most powerful message preached tonight will be the one from the stage. I think some of you need to preach to the people sitting next to you tonight and encourage them. And so please don't look down on that gift. It's so important. It's so vital. The next part says, if it is giving, then give generously. And I just got to say, this is you guys, man. Our church is so unbelievably generous. I'm so proud of you guys for how you care not only for the needs of the church, but the needs of the hurting and the needs of those who don't have as much. If it is to lead, do it diligently. We have some amazing leaders in our church, man. Our staff is incredible. We have community group leaders, our team leaders, our elders. We have such great leaders. And we want to continue to train and raise up leaders. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You guys are great at this. This verse probably talks about those who have special needs like, like are homeless or are sick. Man, you guys have come around my family in such a powerful way during this time through Kelly's sickness. The way you guys reach out in the homeless ministry, I think you guys are going out not this Saturday, the next again. Man, it's just such a beautiful thing. That's a gift. That's a way you're helping us reach our potential. And then what do we find again? Surprise, surprise. Verse nine, love must be sincere. There it is again. 
And I wasn't looking for that. But every time we see a list of gifts, we see the importance of love. And I think there's no mistake about that. Because you know what? I think things like anger, unforgiveness, gossip, those are potential killers. But love is the answer to anger and unforgiveness and gossip. When we love right, when we love well, we're not going to be gossiping about each other. We're not going to be holding on to anger toward one another. We're not going to be hanging on to unforgiveness. No, we're going to let those things go, and we're going to guard our mouths, and we're going to love really, really well. So here's what I want to tell you tonight. I'd love to have you on a volunteer team. We'd love for you to be using your gifts and your abilities. But I'm introducing some new things here tonight. First is, is that we are all on the love team. Every one of us. I'm going to start sending out planning center invites every Sunday. Do you accept, decline, come, right? We need all of you on the love team, okay? And how does this play itself out? Well, obviously we want to be very caring. But, man, if we could just say hi to newcomers, if we could just help them feel at home, if we could go out of our way to sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice our night, to make people who are here for the first time feel like, man, I feel like I've been here forever. I feel like I walked in and it felt like home. If we could do that, then, man, we're going to need to build a building way bigger than this because that's so, so key and so important. Like just the ability to get past yourself and the uncomfortable feeling of putting yourself out there and just say to somebody, hey, how's it going? In fact, tonight, to kind of drive the point home, I want you to reach under your seat. There's a paper on the floor. I want you to grab it. And I'm very excited to say that I'm inducting you all to the Hey, How's It Going team. So congratulations, everybody. So glad for you all. I probably should have let you know so you can invite your parents. They could have taken pictures. Would have got everybody up on the stage. I want you to frame this over your fireplace. Take your certificate. This is a really exciting day for you. But just to be on this this team, everybody's on this team. And you know what it means to be on this team? It means that you're going to say hi to everybody you see every Sunday, whether you know them or not. You're going to put yourself out there, and you're going to try and make a difference in their lives. Lives. Um, Two stories real quick. The first one is a downer. The second one I thought was a really great story. And after the first service, people were like, it wasn't that great, Doug. Like, like, and I guess you'll have to figure that one out for yourself. But I think we got something right in the second story. I guess I'll put it that way. But the first story is this. A few weeks ago, actually it was last week, a young lady came, and I, I can say this. It was definitely one of the morning, morning services, so you're all off the hook. But I need you to still feel the power of this, okay? A young lady who has been coming to our church for a few months with her son brought her parents and uh, they went into the cafe after one of the services. And it was just one of those days where not a lot of people went into the cafe. And that's okay. You don't have to go into the cafe if you don't want to, right? So they were in the cafe for a while. I went into the cafe and saw them in there. And they kind of just said, oh, yeah, it's just us in here. And I said, oh, you know, and we talked a little bit. And then I, I, it just seemed like, like, why are these first-time guests hanging out in the cafe for so long? They must want to connect with somebody, right? So they're hanging out in there, hanging out in there, hanging out in there. And then eventually they just leave after we talk. And, and I'm watching them walk through the lobby, and I'm, I'm so desperate. I'm like praying. I'm like, please let somebody say hi. Please let somebody say, hey, how's it going? Or, or I'm so glad you're here tonight. Or I've never been here before. Or whatever it might be. And I just watch them walk through the crowd. I watch others look at them and just sort of turn away. And eventually they walked out. And I was just like, dang it, we missed it. We missed an opportunity just to simply show the love of Christ. Just by saying, hey. Just by saying, how's it going? Just by extending a handshake. So that's story number one, the downer. Story number two, which, which I can understand why some people don't think it's, it's a great story, but, but we got the love thing right in this story. So here's the deal. About a month or two ago, I go out into the lobby after the morning service, and there's this lady there, and she starts grilling me on what we believe. 
just going for it. And that's okay. You can do that. I don't, that's okay. I don't, I don't love it, but it's okay. And so uh, I'm standing there, and we're, we're talking, and we're talking, and she's asking me this and that about what we believe. And eventually, at the end of the conversation, I couldn't tell if she was happy or unhappy with my answers, but she said, well, because of the different things you do believe and don't believe, my family and I won't be returning here again. But then, and this is the good part of the story, she says, I'm really sad to hear that you believe the things you believe because we felt so at home here. We felt like everybody was so loving. And so I thought to myself, well, it's things that they're leaving and it's things that, you know, we had, that, you know, she didn't feel comfortable to come back because of what we believe. But at least she knows we love her. And the power of that, I think, is huge. If we get anything right, that's gotta be it. And so again, we could have a great building, amazing you know, staff and this and that, but if we're not loving, then we're missing the mark. And so to the churches in Asia Minor and Corinth and Rome, we see this beautiful marriage of love and use the gifts. Use the gifts and love. And that's how we reach our potential. What I want you guys to see tonight is that if we love, love well and use our God-given gifts, we will reach our potential. We really will. The Holy Spirit will use all that to help us to continue to reach our potential. Now, what I want you to see here as we kind of close up is I want you to see that we still have great potential to reach many more people in this building. Remember, I'm not focusing on us growing. I'm focusing on us reaching people. That's what matters. Who cares if we grow? What matters is that we're reaching lost people who need Jesus. We're reaching people who desperately need that love. So here is how I can prove to you that we can still be effective in this church building, okay? On December 18th, we had our Christmas services. And you, if you were here, you remember, we had ninjas falling from the ceiling. We had uh, the, the Kool-Aid man coming through the wall. If you weren't here, you think I'm insane right now. That's okay. We had a blast. It was a lot of fun. And so we had this awesome service. And at the Christmas services, we had 465 people throughout the day, including kids and adults, everybody together. Okay, now that is about 145 more people than we've had since the whole construction thing hit us. Okay, 465 people. And I love this. The three services for the day, the the attendance was 154, 155, and 156. Just a beautiful spread across all those services. How cool is that? And we made it. With our current parking, with our shuttle, with everything going on, with everybody crammed in here, 145 more people than we're reaching right about now. And I just don't want us to think, well, the new building will solve all that. More parking will solve all that. No, we, we're willing to do as a staff whatever it takes to help us reach those 145 more people here in this place. Because, man, these people so badly need Jesus. And so we're going to continue to say, let's go for this. Let's go for this. Let's, let's believe God to do amazing and awesome and beautiful and wonderful things here while we're still here in this space. And so a couple questions for you. Will you love well? Will you love well? Because that's what it's going to take. If we're going to reach anybody, we've got to love well. And so will you let go of anger? Will you give up your seat? Will you uh, maybe do the shuttle thing? Will you... Do whatever it is that you need to do to make people feel at home. Will you be on the Hey, How's It Going team and reach out every single Sunday, even when it's awkward? I'm the king of awkward. I get it. I understand it. You're all like, we know, Doug. I get it, right? And so I understand how difficult it can be to put yourself out there, but man, isn't it worth it? Second thing, will you use your gifts? 
Will you use your gifts? Will you find out what they are? What has God gifted you to do? Ask that question. God, what have you gifted me to do? What have you placed in me so that I can make a difference in our church? And don't try to be someone else. Just do, do what God has give, given you to do. And lastly, will you invite the people in your lives? Will you invite your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, people you go to school with? Let me just cast some vision for this specific service. I haven't said this in any other service. Years ago, this was the biggest service in our church. Now, some, you know, there's been a, a great transition of people who have gone from this service to the two morning services, and that's a healthy thing. That's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. But man, I have such a fire in my heart for your guys' generation. I really do. I love that we have two services in the morning. I'd love to get back to two services at night. We had two services at night and one service in the morning back in the day. And man, I would love to see you guys as college students, some high school students even in here, young adults, young professionals. And obviously there's other age groups in here. But I would love to see, especially that here at our night service, just begin to reach new people. A whole new bunch of your friends, people from your schools, people from the places you work at. Come back and be a part of this, man. I mean, back in the day, crazy things were happening out at St. Joe's College. People were getting saved. We had the whole Brendan and Matt section in the back. Like the whole back half of the sanctuary was filled with these guys' friends. God can do that in your college. God can do that in your workplace. Imagine your whole office coming. Anthony brought like his whole workplace a couple years ago. Like 17 people walked in with Anthony. I was like, what do you got, like a clown car out there? I was like, amazing, all these people coming. He's a clown. And so it was just so awesome. Happy birthday, too. And... <laughs> And so we have such potential. And man, I would just love to see God do something new in this certain age group of maybe 18 to 30. Because that is why we started this service all those years ago. We started this service because we were tired of high school students not going to church until they're 30 again. And we want to see this age group reach. And so, man, I'm not that age group anymore. I need you to be inviting your friends. I need you to be inviting your people so that we can continue to see God do something big in this area. And so will you love well? Will you use your gifts? Will you invite the people in your lives? And if we do, God will be praised. People will experience God. We'll see new people coming to know Jesus. That'll give us incredible new life. And man, we have the potential to have 465 lives that we are affecting on a weekly basis, filling them with the love, the joy, the peace, and the grace of Jesus. Nothing better than that. And so will you help us reach our potential. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we want you to be in on this. We want you in the room. We want you here. We, are, we have shuttles going back and forth so you can be here in this place tonight and get a parking spot. We want you to be a part of this. And more than anything, we want you to hear about the love of Jesus, how much he loves you, how he died for you, how he rose back from the dead, and he wants to forgive you of all your sin and give you new life in him. That's why we're here tonight, because he's done that for us. And so if you want to put your trust in Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute. But if you're a regular attender, we need you. We need you to use your gifts. And more important than that, we need you to love. And we need you to invite the people you know who don't know Jesus yet. And so if we love well and we use our God-given gifts, we will reach our potential. Let's pray. Jesus, help us with this, God. We need you to enable us to be effective in this area at this time, God. And there are so many thousands of people. It is crazy. Every church should be full. Every church should need a new building, God. There's so many people to reach. And so we just pray that you'll do something amazing. God, I specifically pray for this 18 to 30-year-old generation, God, that you will work powerfully, God, that you will rescue, that you will fill this church and many others with this age group, God. So be at work. I pray you'll give every one of us in this room opportunities, even this week, to invite people to come. 
And so if you're a Christian, would you pray about using your gifts? What gifts has maybe God desired to put in you? Just pray about that for a second. Maybe pray for boldness. Maybe you're afraid to be on the Hey, How's It Going team. and Just say, God, give me some boldness so I can help people feel at home here. Now maybe for a second, pray about who you can invite. And then maybe just pray about maybe your capacity to love. Maybe there's a reason that you're struggling to love well. Maybe you were hurt at a church before this, or maybe you were hurt in this very room and you just need to ask God to heal you so that you can continue to love well. As Christians, you guys go ahead and pray about that stuff. If you're not a follower of Jesus, love for you to put your trust in him tonight. So if you'd like to ask Jesus to be your savior, you could just pray something like this. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for forgiving me and wanting me. God, just show me how real you are. God, I pray that not only will my life be changed and impacted, but you'll use me to impact those around me. In your name I pray.